Hi, and welcome to the Talking Dirty Business Podcast. I'm Margot Prebenda. And I'm Sabina Husseini. We started this podcast with the desire to spill the tea on corporations and all the environmental, social, and governance issues they have. Our episodes are here to help people make more informed decisions, increase public awareness, and just vent on societal issues that blow our minds. Please note that any opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions of any company or organization. And all of our research is based on publicly available information. We're here to direct your attention to certain issues that you may not have thought about before. Hey listeners, welcome back to the Talking Dirty Business podcast. We're sorry if you've missed us for the past few months, but we're really excited to come back and jump right into some serious topics. First, we want to talk about the recent revelations of sexual abuse reported at detention centers for migrants in the United States. In case you didn't see, last Tuesday, Congress revealed government reports that showed that thousands of migrant children claimed that they were sexually abused while in government custody. This is really shocking, first of all, because no children should be abused in government custody, but it raises questions around why this is coming out now and what's going on in the United States with the detention of migrant children. Last summer, there was a lot of media attention around this, in particular around the fact that Jeff Sessions had implemented a zero tolerance policy, which led to child separation. And there was a lot of backlash and his policy was then rescinded a couple months later. But still, clearly there are problems going on and we're not really talking about it anymore. So let's look at these allegations that came out. First, we have reports that about 4,500 cases of sexual abuse and sexual harassment occurred in the past four years in detention centers. And these were reported by children. So first of all, for me, this is interesting because we're relying on children to report this. And second of all, we're relying on the government to review these cases and determine whether they're serious or not. And apparently, the government reported that around 1,300 of these cases were considered to be serious enough to be referred to the FBI. But Allegedly, all the rest of them were proved to be unfounded, which is really interesting because maybe they weren't that serious, but who's deciding and are we really relying on the reports from children to determine whether they're serious or not? And how is there not more oversight to make sure that, first of all, this doesn't happen or is impossible in the first place? And second of all, that we're dealing with the situation after it does happen. It's very interesting what you're talking about. First of all, the whole idea of children who have absolutely no power, both in society, I mean, regarding adults, and secondly, in these detention centers, they are completely powerless. They are in such a traumatic moment of their lives, and they've experienced trauma throughout the whole time that they've gotten there. So the fact that over 4,000 children or 4,000 cases have gone all the way up to being reported... Who is one to say that something is unfounded or is not serious enough to be taken and actually heard? Because if you're a child and you, whatever, even if you're an adult and you report a case of sexual assault, 
who is that this person to tell you that this isn't serious enough to be taken into consideration, firstly. And secondly, what's absolutely disgusting is that in the documents, it included reports that adult staff members were forming relationships with detained minors. They were showing children pornographic videos and obviously watching them in all manners of their life and touching them inappropriately. So all of these cases to me are extremely disgusting, let alone serious. And beyond that, not only should these children not be held and detained in the first place, but they're being also abused both mentally, physically, and emotionally. Exactly. And this also really shows us, I mean, what does this tell us? First of all, why is this just coming out now? I mean, this has been going on for four years and all of a sudden we're hearing these reports, which are just disgusting. And there's thousands of them. And second of all, who is accountable for this? Let's just go back to last summer for a moment. After July 2018, when the child separation policy was rescinded, this issue stopped showing up so much in the media. But the fact is that there are currently around 14,300 unaccompanied migrant children detained in government custody right now, compared to around 2,700 when Trump took office. This is a huge increase, and it didn't go away just because the policy went away. We still have over 14,000 unaccompanied children in government custody, and clearly the government is not able to protect these children. It's really interesting that we're seeing not only policies that are increasing the inhumane detention of children, but then we're not even addressing it when really serious allegations are coming out. And it's because the government doesn't really have the means to, to, to deal with this because detention centers have not been made for children. They usually are made for adult males. So it's really a problem to have so many children, more than we can handle, held in these centers without proper oversight, which brings us to another point, which is who is overseeing these facilities. And interestingly, the majority of detention centers in the U.S. are operated by third-party private companies that have been contracted by the government. This is really nice for the government because they're not the ones that are actually operating these facilities. And in fact, the business of detention centers is extremely lucrative right now because there are so many migrants being held and it, the numbers are increasing and these private companies are stepping in to take over. But do they really have the means to actually handle the situations that they're dealing with? This for me is one of those things where how are you making money from detaining children from their parents? It's, it just goes against every core belief that I have. And who is, first of all, who the hell started these companies? I mean, some very smart business person, I'm guessing. But beyond that, I mean, it's just so... Ah. <laughs> these companies, yeah, in general, in many cases, they're, they're companies that often operate prisons. But for a detention center for unaccompanied minors, this shouldn't be a prison. I mean, first of all, children shouldn't be detained in any circumstances, especially when we don't have the means to protect them in detention. But the the way that we're putting them in, play, in facilities that 
that are exposing them to extreme risks when these children are, first of all, already traumatized. Actually, there were a lot of reports coming out last summer showing that when a child is separated from their parents, many times they can experience what's called toxic shock, which can have lifelong effects on the child's psychological well-being. It's a really extreme trauma that you're putting a child through to separate them from your parents. Then imagine these children are being held in these centers, which, by the way, the reports say that on average they're held around three months in the centers. So think about it. Children are, some children are held longer than that. I mean, I can't even imagine being held a week there when you've been separated from your parents and you don't know if you're going to ever see them again. There are so many problems with this, the, the whole cycle that's going on right now that it's just, it's hard to even know where to start in addressing it because the root cause of the problem is so deep. I mean, we don't have the, the facilities to, to hold these children, especially in the drastically increasing numbers that we've seen in the past few years, especially since Trump took office. And, and then on top of that, we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have oversight. In, in fact, all of these detention officers where these cases have been reported are supposed to have gone through background checks. And the government claims that they have all gone through background checks, which actually makes this whole thing worse because if they've gotten background checks and there's still thousands of cases of abuse being reported, then something is clearly really wrong with the situation. And I also think it goes back to the culture, the culture that's happening within the detention centers itself. You can have a background check. You might have been a, a decent member of society, but then you arrive in a situation where all of this power is given to you. You're seeing all of your colleagues and everyone around you doing things that you might have not necessarily done before. And then here you are then perpetuating that culture, this macho culture, this, this idea that I have, like I control everything around here and everybody here has absolutely no power compared to me. That gives you that extra advantage or whatever you want to call it to commit these crimes, which you might've not been committing in a, in a daily society that you don't have this power over all of these people. And it's so true because, well, as I said, these these private companies that are operating the facilities are usually operating prisons. I mean, that's the kind of culture that they're coming from. And when you're hiring a detention officer, even just in the name detention officer, there's a certain level of, there's an image of a power dynamic that you're dealing with. And it's as though these children are criminals, which is the whole problem with the zero tolerance policy because it, it criminalized migrants that were trying to enter the U.S. illegally. But how can you criminalize a child that's been brought into the U.S.? I mean, this it's completely mind-boggling the way we are treating children in this situation, and not and we're not able to protect them. And it's really, really sad that this is happening in the U.S. I mean, it's not like we're in a third-world country. It's not like we are in a place that doesn't have the means to take care and to humanely treat our residents. And the, the whole problem is that, you know, these people aren't considered people. You know, we're, we're giving them a an alien number when they enter the detention centers and they're dehumanized. So, you know, a lot of people might argue, well, they're not residents. Well, right now we're, we're treating them like objects and these are humans. And it's, it's just, it goes against not only human nature, but 
international humanitarian law because these people are asylum seekers and we actually it's it's illegal to turn them away at the border so to pretend like because they aren't citizens of the United States then they shouldn't be treated in the same way or that they should be treated like criminals is just appalling so just to recap these shocking statistics that we've been talking about today over 14,300 migrant children are currently being detained in mass shelters by the government compared to around 2,700 when Trump took office. And recent allegations have shown that 4,500 cases of sexual abuse of children in detention centers has been reported between 2015 and 2018. And allegedly, around 1,300 of them are serious enough to be referred to the FBI. These statistics are just unthinkable, and it really is indicative of a problem that needs to be discussed more in the government, with companies that are involved, and with everyone, all the stakeholders. So if you're interested in this topic, please tune in again next time, because we're going to talk more about what it's like to be actually inside a detention center.